Hi guys, my name is Jessie. I am a licensed realtor. Um, this uh, first podcast is going to be about the 10, top 10 myths uh, that you need to know about uh, your first time home buying experience. Um, I went through the process before, so that part I'm very familiar with. And as a licensed realtor, I feel like a lot of people who are venturing out into um, even considering buying a home, um, this is really good information to know. Um, I am from Brooklyn, New York. I live in New Jersey. And um, I just want to provide access to information because I come from a place where if you do not have access to info, you either just, you know, not really um, as enthused or uh, aggressive about finding out things if you don't see them being done already. Sometimes they seem unattainable. At least that was my experience. And uh, I feel that if I provide this value, then... uh, you know, I would be uh, of service to you. So here I am, and I'm ready to give you top 10 myths that trip up first-time home buyers. So basically, if you're thinking about buying a home, or if you've already received any advice from family or friends, or if you've seen things on TV or on the news or social media posts that really make um, the home buying process um, seem easy, or maybe even a little hard or unattainable, I'm going to really break down to you um, everything that you might need to know. Um, buying a home is always going to be a big decision. It doesn't have to be a scary one, but if you know what you're doing or if you have uh, people who are able to support you, like professionals like myself, you'll be uh, equipped to make the right choices. So one of the first myths that I want to talk about is, uh, well, the first myth that I want to talk about is you need a 20% down payment. You hear that all the time. You need a 20% down payment. You need a 20% down payment. Plenty of buyers purchase homes like myself with down payments that are much less than 20% um, for free, basically. No money down. Let me not say for free. With no money down. And um, you could also buy a home with as little to 3 to 5% down. There are multiple programs out there that allow you to have a lower down payment. And a lender or mortgage broker can uh, talk to you about which option is best for you. Since you're putting money less money down, you're a riskier borrower to your lender than people who put down a full 20%. So because of this, you'll probably have to pay a primary uh, mortgage insurance. So uh, we'll get into that later as well. Um, but yeah, there are definitely tons of programs out there. Um, you can contact me for more information about government programs. I'd be, I'd be really happy to talk to you about it. Or maybe I'll just make that my next podcast. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, Myth number two, real estate agents are expensive. No way, Jose. Your agent is with you every step of the way throughout your home buying journey. And she, like me or he, will spend a ton of freaking hours working on your behalf. It sounds like having an agent is expensive, not for you. Um, buyers usually don't ever even pay a real estate agent commission. Your agent's fee is paid for at the closing by the seller of the home you're buying. Um, the seller knows to factor this cost into the property's total purchase price. So if you were selling your home and you wanted me to be selling your home, then you would include my fee and the total purchase price, right? So you're not really losing anything. Well, you're not losing anything. And if you were the buyer, the seller pays for my fees. So there you go. Real estate agents are not expensive. We are highly affordable. Don't call a real estate agent until you're ready to buy. That's what they say. That's myth number three. Don't call a real estate agent until you're ready to buy. Nah, no. Get in touch with people, you know, um, align yourself with people who are going to put you to where you want to be. Um, the earlier you bring an agent in to help you with the purchasing process or the, or the selling process, 
um, they can be a huge help to point you in the right direction. So let's say that you have uh, a goal of 18 months of purchasing a home, you know, reach out to someone now. Hey, what do you think the first steps should be for me to take? You know, they can um, really point you in the right direction and setting up a search that you might be not considering for months in the future. They can also help you like with establishing a budget. If you have one, if you don't have one, how to how to do that. Myth number four, fixer-uppers are more budget-friendly. No, they are not. (laughs) I mean, they are, but that's not always the case. We all watch TV shows, TLC, um, all these reality shows that show us how to do like flip houses or uh, get, you know, um, start from the bottom, basically. Sometimes homes that need a lot of money also require that require a lot of work i'm sorry sometimes homes that require a lot of work cost a lot of money because of big renovations but but on the upside um there are many grants available for people who qualify to fix up fixer uppers so that's that could be another topic but that's definitely a myth that fixer uppers are mostly budget friendly because there's there's two sides to that coin but if you fall in love with a home that needs a lot of work you know, get some quotes from contractors and just, you know, know before you buy how much it's going to really cost you to renovate. Myth number five, your only upfront cost is your down payment. Your down payment is definitely uh, a cost that could be um, your one of your only up cost fronts, upfront costs, but no. Your down payment is big, but it's the only money you'll spend during the home buying process at closing. No, you'll pay your down payment, but you'll also bring closing costs. You got to pay for your lawyer. You got to pay for um, <clears throat> homeowner's insurance, title fees. Your real estate agent will be able to break down to you what all your fees are going to be at the end of the day. They'll, they'll tell you. They'll be able to break it down for you and give you closing cost estimates. Um, you also need to pay for an expect- inspection fees. Um, your lender will require an appraisal depending on what type of um, you know mortgage you're approved for. So... Um, your closing costs are typically anywhere from 2 to 4% of the total purchase price, and uh, it does include the um, cost that I just listed. Moving on. And again, I want to just reiterate that I will be able to break down these myths and um, resources that are available to you at a later podcast. Myth number six, you need a high credit score to buy a house. I'm going to tell you firsthand that that is completely not true. That is not true. Um, I did not have a great high credit score when I purchased my first home, but I did the due diligence. I did the work to uh, make sure that I could qualify. You don't need a perfect credit score to buy a perfect home. There are loans out there that buyers with lower credit scores can qualify for. And there are also good options for people who have um, credit issues in the past because there are, there are mortgage um, brokers and there are also um, lenders who are willing to shape you and get you to where you need to be to actually qualify. So even if you need to take, you know, um, a financial course or they'll be able to point you in the right direction. So speak to the few local lenders or mortgage brokers to talk about what options are best for you. Do not let a low credit score stop you from having that, um, you know, goal or aspiration of having your first home. Or maybe it might be your first uh, rental property. Who knows? But don't let anything like that stop you from finding out. Myth number seven, you can't qualify for a mortgage if you're still paying off student loans. Again, this is something that I know to be wrong, tried and true. Let me tell you, I had a student loan when I first set out to buy my first um, home. 
while some buyers feel more comfortable paying off their debts before leaping into home ownership, it's not a requirement. When you're applying for a mortgage, the lender takes a look at your debt to income ratio. So they're not going to necessarily calculate um, a student loan that's fixed. Um, they will calculate um, all of your monthly debt payments and divide those by your monthly income. And when your lender does this, they're trying to make sure that you're going to be able to still afford your monthly mortgage payments. So let's say your uh, student loan debt is, you know, a monthly um, payment. Maybe you have an agreement with your, um, like I did, I had an agreement, a set amount every month that my mortgage lender was able to calculate into my overall monthly debt. And it did not change anything about what I was able to afford at the end of the day. So um, having a student loan will most likely not stop you from getting a mortgage. If you're not paying it, if it's deferred, then that's different. But if you're not paying it at all, then that could hurt you. Uh, number eight, myth number eight, you should base your budget on what your lender approves. Hmm. Now let's debunk this myth. How much house you qualify for, qualify for and how much you can afford are two totally different numbers. When you qualify for a mortgage, your lender will look at your income, debt, assets, credit score, and uh, financial history to determine how much money you might qualify for. So for some people, this number might be much higher than you thought because lenders tend to approve for the highest amount they think you can afford. But that's not, that doesn't mean also that that's how much you should borrow, okay? So bear, bear in mind that too. Instead, figure out how much you can actually afford. There are tools online at different websites where you can get an online mortgage calculator. Google is your friend. And that could be a good first step in determining how much um, could, could be your starting point. So, and also remember to include your principal interest taxes and insurance. You should also think about ownership expenses that are a part of your monthly payment, like HOA. So an HOA is if you live in an area where you have a homeowners association that you become a part of, you want to include that in your monthly dues and also maintenance like yard work. If you have a yard or you're going to have someone, you know, do your, your grounds like grass and things like that. So you want to calculate all those little things. Myth number nine, it's all about location. You've heard the phrase before, location, 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 is basically the way we say um, uh, our motto, you know, but we'll let you in on a little secret. It's not always true. Yes, location is great to consider when it comes to school districts and commute times, but you also need to think about how the home will function for you and for your family's lifestyle. So you got to think about, you know, how are you going to get around? You know, does everyone drive? Um, you know, who's going to have access to what? Is there a bus stop nearby that means something to you? Um, like if it's a family of five and you're choosing a one-bedroom condo near the city because you want to have access to um, trains, or do you want to, you know, live further out in a four-bedroom part, a four-bedroom home that's further out in the, sur- in, in the suburbs, then, you know, you got to make that choice. Also, by buying in a less sought-after neighborhood, your property taxes will probably be much lower. Um, There are tons of grants also for people who uh, buy in areas that are being rebuilt, that maybe they had an economical downfall at one point, but are being, you know, regenerated, you know, uh, regentrified or whatever the case may be, but just being brought back up, you know, like just everything's being rebuilt, you know, there's also that, there's always going to be that time of change where things are rebuilt. So if you want to take, you know, that, that, um, that time to you know look into how you could uh, take advantage of that, this would be a great opportunity to buy something in maybe a less sought after neighborhood that is being rebranded and rebuilt. Um, 
you still might want to choose an area with great resale potential um, and that's something that you could also speak to your agent with like me there's always going to be an expert in your city and who is constantly monitoring buying and selling trends so also be mindful of that uh myth number 10 myth number 10 we finally got to myth number 10 if you look hard enough you'll find a home that checks every box on your wish list no way that is not true <laughs> I mean, we've all seen all the house hunting shows. We know how people are like, they go crazy looking over the perfect home. And they're like, you know, maybe just put a house to the side because they didn't have the perfect knobs on the doors that they wanted. Um, You know, I went through the process of where I settled on a home that did not have a big yard, but it did have something that I could work with. But the space inside was perfect. It was it's a great home. Um, and it was something that I could uh, genuinely afford, and I did not want to live um, above my um, income levels. And we all know through the pandemic, I wound up, um, you know, having to leave my nine to five and um, reinvent myself. And now I'm in real estate, so you know. Um, so if, you know, while we all have our suspicions about you know what we really want or ideas of what we really want in a home yes the perfect house that means every item on your list on your wish list is probably out there but it's also probably double or triple your budget so think about compromising when it comes to your first home and if compromise is something that you can do think about what's the most important things you know a long wish list can be a great starting point for figuring out what you don't and don't want like i knew i wanted a yard but look i wound up compromising and taking a home with a smaller yard um, but I do have access to a pool and I have access to many other uh, amenities. So think about that too. So we also recommend, um, well, I also recommend noting on your wish list what your absolute deal breakers are. Like, you know, like, like I've had to have uh, a nice size yard. So maybe that's something or, and also making a note of something you could live without. Like, you know, who, do we really need heated bathroom floors? Uh, it'd be great, but, um, maybe that could come later. <laughs> a renovation. Um, this is a great list to discuss when you first talk talking to an agent. A good real estate agent will be able to look at your list and find properties that might work for you. By coming to that first meeting with realistic expectations and knowledge about home buying, rather than dealing with a bunch of myths heard here and there, you'll be able to start this process off on the right foot and be in your new house house in no time. So whether you're a real estate whether I'm sorry, whether you're a first time home buyer or seasoned homeowner. There's no reason to go through the home buying process without an advocate like myself on your side. I'm here to answer your questions and do the hard work for you so you could spend your time dreaming about your new home. Call me today uh, to get a free, no obligation consultation. My number is 917-385-8855. Shoot me a text, send me a message, like and subscribe below. And if you have any other questions, Leave them in the comments and I will be happy to uh, answer them on the next podcast. So I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening in.